Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I know you're like, wait a second, what? Eliminate my worst clients? Yes. I want you to eliminate the worst clients. Now I know this sounds like, wait a second, I don't have any bad clients. All my clients are good. Okay. You know that uh, as a side business, a lot of times what we do is we'll take whoever comes in the door, but once you start generating revenue, once you start getting really good at who you're targeting, once you really find out who you serve, you might find out that along that maturation process of your business, you know what? There are some clients that I have that are more headache. What, what would having your ideal client be like versus the worst client that you're keeping around? The Grow Your Side Business Podcast, the number one show for corporate professionals building side businesses. My name is Chris Williams and I'm your host and I'm so thankful that you decided to tune into today's show. Listen, this podcast is for you. If you're building a side business as a corporate professional, we're here to show you stories, share people's real life experiences, the ups and the downs, and more importantly, real tips that you can leverage today. Let's go ahead and jump into today's very own show. You do not want to miss this. Buckle up, get a pad and a pen, and I promise you, you're going to learn so much in today's episode. I, I really, you know, I'm a solution-oriented person. I have grown to be that way. Not always been that way. I used to typically freak out when something went wrong or freak out when I couldn't understand something or worry about what might happen, right? I don't know if you've ever been that way, but here's the one thing that I do know. When you run a business, one of the most important things that you can do is learn how to be uh, emotionally stable, but also focus on solutions. So uh, before we get started, I wanna say uh, I have a couple of free resources for everybody to be able to leverage. Number one, if you are working your day job and you wanna know the seven biggest mistakes most employees make before ever getting fired, laid off, or downsized, you might wanna go check out my uh, free PDF where I walk through the seven biggest mistakes that employees are making, no matter whether you're uh, mid-tier, upper tier, or you're in the senior executive ranks of your company, there are some of these uh, mistakes that a lot of people tend to make that are pretty common. So you can go to, and I'll make sure that I put this in the um, in the comment section, www.twac forward slash seven mistakes. All right. So I'm going to put that in here now go download this resource. It'll also be a part of the comments for those of you watching the replay as well. We'll make sure that you provide that. But in order to talk about growing during a recession, clearly that is kind of the conversation right now. And I'll be honest with you, typically what, what most people do who have a side business is, is either fight or flight, right? We either, you know, stick it out, look for solutions, find ways to, to, to grow our business. Or what happens is, we literally freeze and we don't know what to do. 
And because we are kind of in our own heads, we just let it go and not realizing that it is possible to be able to grow during a recession. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through the six things that you can do inside of your side business um, that'll help you not only just be able to, uh, to to grow, but stabilize even. And it might even kick off some ideas for you. So uh, if you want, leave a comment down below. Uh, I'll shout you out uh, while we are doing this uh, conversation. So let's go ahead and get started. All right. So Here's the thing that you got to first do, like before we even like really dive into this stuff that I want to share with you. And I'm going to pull up my my notes here in a moment. The first thing I want you to realize is that it is possible to grow. OK, um, instead of accepting these uh, assumptions. Right. What do we know typically that happens after a recession? You get all of these incredible stories about how people uh, either bootstrapped their business or did whatever they had to do. And they not only kept it afloat, but they probably even excelled, right? You and I want to be one of those people. All right. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to walk you through, um, six of these uh, steps, six things that you can do like right now, like literally right now before we're deep into the recession. So that way you're not reacting to what's going on. You're being more proactive. And that's kind of the, the big kick here. So let's, Let's get started. All right. So here's what we're going to do. All right. So growing during a recession is going to is going to mean that you you are excuse proof and you're willing to find a solution. One of the greatest things I know about full time entrepreneurs is they have a gene inside of them and it's called the figure it out gene. Right. Um, they know problems are going to arise. They built a business based on a problem and they're providing a solution. But when you provide a solution to something, you tend to bring several more problems. That's just life, right? So the kicker is um, you and I want to be the type of people that as we build our businesses, we are building them in such a way that allows us to, to, to fully embrace the moment um, and, and, and meet the moment head on, all right? So here's one of the first things that I'm going to suggest that, that we do during this recession, okay? So, so number one, and it, this, this one might seem like, let me write it out and I'll explain. So first of all, you want to enhance the value of current products. The reason why this is so important is because if you have a product or a service right now, right? And I, and, and I know I said products, but product or service, either one. If you have a product or service right now and it's actually selling, right? One of the things that you can start to do is to say, okay, how do I enhance the value of it? What else could we do with this, this, this product or service? What is it that maybe, um, you know, my current customer might come to me for one thing but go across the street or to another website to get the other side of that. Could we, you know, learn from that, right? What data do we have? What information do we have that allow us to be able to learn and go, oh, this is a way, right? Like if you're not surveying your customers or you haven't really like spent time talking to them, I highly suggest that what you do is you have those conversations to figure out what else would they want? 
what else would be helpful? What other problems, you know, are they are they dealing with, right? Even though you built a solution, that doesn't mean you built all the solutions, right? So enhance the value of the current products. And when you do that, here, here's the kicker. You sell it to current customers. One of the most interesting things that, especially for those of you who have like a digital marketing business or you have like digital products, right? Um, one of the most interesting things is, is when you find the secret sauce of being able to sell not just one time to somebody a solution, but multiple of your products, right? So a perfect example would be, uh, you know, I have my podcast, right? But then I also have a coaching program, but I'm also releasing a book, right? So when you think about like your business, your product or service, you, you know, you already have current customers, right? There are people who patronize your business and their fans, right? They, they are loyal to whatever it is that you provide, right? In the marketplace. What you want to do is you want to enhance the value of the current products and then sell that to your current customers. Now, when I say sell, just all depends on whatever the new value is that you're adding, right? If it's not something that's truly, you know, like making your, your current product a 2.0 version, then it might not be, you know, you might not be able to necessarily, you know, transactionally by monetizing the upgrade to your current customers. But what you might be able to do is number two. This is, this is why these conversations are so important, right? And again, what we're after is how do we grow a side business during a recession, right? So first one is we're going to enhance the value of the current customer uh, products, right? However, we can do that with our product or service and then sell it to the current customers. But it might be the type of value that you add. It, some value is like incremental value, but then there's like these ideas or things that you end up doing that really take it like the, to the 2.0 level, right? It's not like a 1.1 or a 1.3. This is like 2.1, right? Like you literally added so much value. It's almost like a brand new product. But here's what you could do in number two for current um, customers if you're only providing an incremental value uh, to, to your current product. What you do is you create a subscription model. Now, here's the most interesting thing that um, you might you might know this because you and I are customers already of subscription-based um, products or services, but here's something that I'm that I'm finding out. There are more and more and more companies, products, services who are providing subscription-based ideas uh, models to their current customers, right? Like. I've seen some of the most interesting things. Fast food companies, you know, are doing doing it, right? They're looking at ways that like, well, how do we how do we get even more, you know, involved with our customers? You're seeing it with like dry cleaning. You're seeing it with like I, I just ran across an article of a young lady who's starting in my area. Uh, she's starting a laundry service. But our laundry service gives you a deeper discount if what? You are part of her subscription base, right? Like be you and, and let me let me write a word up here because this word is going to be very helpful uh as we as we cover 
you know, this information. What ha one of the greatest things you can do is tap into your creativity. You gotta tap into creativity if you want to grow your side business during the recession. And the best way to, to, to spark some ideas, go look at other businesses and other industries that aren't even related to you and see what they're doing, right? Like, what are they doing ahead of a recession? What, how are they, how are they growing? How are they stabilizing? How are they making sure this stuff is firm, right? That, so that's number two, all right? So number one, enhance the value of the current products, whether incrementally or you had so much value, it's like a 2.0 version, sell it to current customers. Now you gotta be careful if it's only small incremental value, probably can't resell it. But what you could do is do number two, create a subscription model, right? There's enough, you know, maybe maybe your, your 1.1 is being able to sell it to current customers under the new subscription and they get access to the incremental upgrades over time, right? Like, but you, whatever, I'm just throwing an example out there, but you gotta get really creative, right? Here is number three, right? Number three is something that big companies do really well as small companies sometimes we tend to forget. And that is we have got to get really good at telling more stories to and about our current customers. And this is interesting. Some of you may know this. Um, recently, I, I really pay attention to, um, this is an exercise you can do. I really pay attention to ads that are running on like Sirius XM. Mainly because what I realize is, is that one, they don't have the visual element, right? to really make it stick as far as effective communication. So they lose that part. It's just audible audio, right? But some companies have gotten so good at telling stories that you remember the company, you remember the phone number, right? Whether they put in a jingle or they tell a story, but you remember it because they got real creative about how they're telling the story about their product. Um, one, of the, one of the companies um, is a software company. And when the guy starts out, he always starts out with, you know, hello, I'm the CEO of company X. And here's a story from a customer named Dave. Every commercial starts that way. And he tells the problem Dave had and the solution his company bought. And then literally in 45 seconds, they're at the end of the commercial and they're like, hey, you know, come to our website come get an idea of how Dave was able to do that. And we can do that for you by going to our website, right? Like I'm listening to these threads and it's like, oh, I get it. And so one of the things you got to realize is that when you get really good at telling stories, what happens is it gives the, it gives the person who's not a customer right now a bit of curiosity, right? Like, wow, that happened for Dave. I've been struggling with that, right? Or for your current customers, it might cause them to lean in a little more to your product or service, right? They may not have known that you could even do that thing that you did for Dave, but they won't know that until you start telling more stories. And in a in in a in, in order to be able to grow your side business during a recession, 
Your job and my job is to be able to tell more stories, get client testimonials, share them, post them, talk about them, go live with your customers, right? Like, but you've got to start telling more stories because what that does is it strengthens your brand. It strengthens, strengthens your authority. But one of the cool parts is, is now guess what happens when Dave gets to tell his story, whether you leverage, you know, like there's so many things you can leverage to tell a story, right? So let's, let's, let's go through this real quick. One of the things you could do to leverage is you could leverage social media, right? So maybe, you know, that company X goes live with Dave on a 30 minute, you know, conversation and says, Hey, you know, we're company X. I'm the CEO. And I want to give you the opportunity to hear from Dave and talk about his experience with working with our company, right? It lends to a, a strong firm level of credibility. But now what happens is other customers want to do what Dave did, right? Because everyone loves telling a story, right? So you might leverage social media, you might leverage it uh, in, in like Facebook ads, right? Um, you know, any of, you know, any other ad, Google, you know, LinkedIn, wherever, right? Like you might be able to leverage it there, but there's so many different ways that you can repurpose that story, right? Blog posts, you name it, right? So that's number three. Number four, I know we're moving through these pretty fast, but I wanted to give you kind of the meat and potatoes, right? So what if you could find a community of corporate professionals who also have side businesses and we're all just trying to learn from each other and learn how to grow? Well, that's why I'm here. You should join the Grow Your Side Business Challenge. That's right. I want you right now. Go to it right now. GrowYourSideBusiness.com. And guess what? You can opt into my five-day challenge. One hour per day, you and I are going to get together with a ton of other community people who, guess what? We're all trying to grow our side businesses, and we want to know how to do it the right way the first time. Well, guess what? I'm going to teach you some things that you didn't even know that you should be doing to leverage your corporate day job while also at the same time learning how to build that side business. And you're going to find out that actually if you do your side business the right way, it will impact the way you show up at work. And I'm gonna show you some things that you didn't even know was possible. So for five days, for one hour a day, you and I get together. Now I got two ways you can experience that. You could jump in to the general admission. Well, guess what? You just get access to the live training right then and there each and every day for one hour a day. Or you could jump into the VIP experience. Like VIP people get a chance to actually talk with me, actually ask questions every single day if you would like to before the actual training. So guess what? You want to jump into the VIP experience because that is where you'll be able to get your questions answered and including the actual training live. So go to growyoursidebusiness.com, jump into the challenge, and I look forward to seeing you there. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. 
New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is something that I, I got from, from, from reading a, a really cool article uh, that came out um, a few months back. This is, this is going to seem counterintuitive, but this should be helpful. Eliminate your worst clients. <laughs> I know you're like, wait a second, what? Eliminate my worst clients? Yes. I want you to eliminate the worst clients. Now, I know this sounds like, wait a second, I don't have any bad clients. All my clients are good. Okay. You know that uh, as a side business, a lot of times what we do is we'll take whoever comes in the door. But once you start generating revenue, once you start getting really good at who you're targeting, once you really find out who you serve, you might find out that along that maturation process of your business, you know what? There are some clients that I have that are more headache than they are actually helping uh, as, a, as a mutual benefit of, you know, I provide X, they get Y, we work well together, client to business, right? So the, 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 I really want you to think about this, right? I, like, I really want you to think about like, hmm, do I have customers, right? Do I have clients that are really a drag on my customer service? Always complaining. There's always like some, some, you know, they, they can't seem to get, you know, everything, nothing's ever perfect for them. Right. Um, <laughs> Joe, you're welcome. You're welcome, Joe. So Joe is on here watching live right now. And so, you know, I just, I think about this kind of stuff, right? Like sometimes we hold on to, to certain clients, to certain things, just because, uh, you know, we have this, this innate feeling like, oh, I have to, do you know what's, what's interesting when you look at certain brands um, who've been around for a while, who really know who they're catering to, even in their messaging, even in the smallest little details, you know what they do? They ensure to eliminate who they're not for, <laughs> right? Like, and some people may go, oh, well, they didn't speak to such and such. And what about this? Well, that's not their target, right? Like, that's just not their target. And that's okay. But here's something I don't want you to fall into. I don't want you to fall into the trap of, owning a small business and think you have to, you know, you're for everybody. That's actually a pretty good disaster, um, uh, train to disaster for your business. You're not for everybody. You, who is your avatar, right? Like this is, this is one of the things that you want to make sure that you sure up. Who is your avatar? Who are you ultimately serving? Who is the, who is the person that is your like ideal client? What do you provide to them? What, what would having your ideal client be like versus the worst client that you're keeping around? All right. So it's something to think about. Okay. 
And why would you want to eliminate your worst clients? Because if they're a drag on customer service, if they're always complaining, if they're always causing you issues, well, down the road, especially when you start talking about uh, deep into a recession or anything else, you're talking about reviews. You're talking about like there's a lot of things that can that can happen just because of one client that you've been holding on to and started learning to let go. Right. So it's really, really important. Right. So I, I wanted to give you that one. I wanted to give you that one. All right. Number five. Number five is really important as well because number five gets us into some, some really good meat and potatoes, which is, and this is, this is for all of us, right? Like, and I think we, we should all be looking to do this. I, I think we should get more obsessed about this, but improve the customer experience. And you might notice a theme here one of the ways to grow a side business during a recession is actually getting better with the way you handle things and you can start to see the incremental growth of the business. Growth doesn't always mean more customers. Growth could mean could growth could actually mean I've saved money, right? I've got my ideal customer, right? And it's helping me build um you know, the, the type of business that I want to run. Right. So, so growth can be a lot of different things. Now, yes, growth does. Obviously, yes, you can get more customers. I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but I want you to really focus on how do I improve my customer experience? Right? Like here's the question that you want to ask yourself. What is the current customer journey? And is it, is it efficient, right? Like, is it efficient? If you don't know, go ask your current customers, right? Like ask them, find out from current customers, hey, how are we doing? How did, you know, when you found us, how did it go for you, right? What did you find? Was anything broken? Would you have liked to seen something better, right? Like really leverage this time, you know, during a recession to get to understand your customer and what is it that they want? Because I'm going to tell you this, if they're reached out to, they're more likely to stick around. If they're just a customer and they never really hear from you and all you're doing is sending emails that sell like something that you do and you want to keep them around, that's not going to work. You literally have to reach out to your customers during a recession. It tends to, it, it tends to cause them to want to stay around a lot longer. Okay. So number six, number six is, this is the sixth one, okay? Here's number six. Number six is you want to ask your current customers and, and when you ask your current customers for a referral, what you want to think about is, you, you want to think about, oh, sorry, one, one L too many. What you want to think about is um, how this might actually improve the, 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 the look of your business. I got this actually from Alex Hermosi, um, who's an incredible, built an incredible business, started, you know, when he was young, <clears throat> doing turnarounds for gyms and then built acquisition.com. Now we're got a business worth over a hundred million dollars. 
And I and I saw a, a conversation he had recently. And when he mentioned this, I thought, wow, what what an interesting concept, right? So so here, here's the thought, right? If if you've got your ideal client, right? They love you. You love them. Happy relationship. There's a very, very good chance there's more people like them. And just by you reaching out to ask for a referral from them, he, here's what's cool. Um, and this is something that, that Alex kind of walked through and I thought, man, this is, this is really cool about growing a business, right? Here's what happens as a result. Now you, you're, um, uh, what he called, what he, what he went through this, and this is an acronym, but I'll, I'll explain it. Cost per acquisition CPA, right? Your cost per acquisition has now gone down and it's now become even a value because now one customer could be worth two or three, right? So what's cool is when you talk to your, if you have your ideal client right now, and if you don't, that's okay. Mature your client, right? Um, Grow with your client, right? But if you have your ideal client, what's cool is you can ask them for a referral. If they bring you a new client and more than likely it's going to be the same kind of person that they are, which is awesome, right? Because then you know you'll be able to uh, shorten time of delivery and all those other things. What's cool is now your cost per acquisition is like really cool. And you've grown your business without having to spend extra money. Does this make sense? Like to me, that is, that is like one of the coolest things ever. Right? So, um, when, when you understand that this is a way to like grow your business and actually I'm apologize. I'm going to change that around. Let me do it this way. Cost per acquisition. What's really cool is when you focus this way on building your business, right? Now what you've done is you've built a stable uh, business, but here's the cool part. On the other side of the recession, you've not only learned some things, you tweak some things, you enhance some things, new customers are gonna be coming back. People are gonna get back to the way they were. You'll be in a much better position because now you'll be a lot more attractive to the new flock of people, if you hang in there, all right? So let's recap and then we're gonna end this, all right? And hopefully this was helpful to you. If it was, share this. If it was, leave a comment. If, if, if you like this, like tell us how you're gonna leverage this, all right? So this is how we're gonna grow six different things that you can do in order to be able to grow your side business during a recession. Number one, we gotta get creative. Get outside of the box, get outside of your industry, go look in other industries and see what other people are doing. Right. Like that's the foundation for this whole conversation that'll help you a lot. Number one, enhance the value of your current products or services. Right. Whether that be incrementally or literally you, you know, scrap it, revamp it, turn it into 2.0, then sell it to your current customers. OK. If it's incremental value, you can move. You basically leverage step two. Right. Which is you 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 create a subscription model. OK. And that subscription model is. You know, again, you got to get creative. Of how could I create a subscription model where now I know I've got a, a steady stream of income that is my base every single month, right? That's the way. Number three, tell more stories to and about your current customers, right? Reach out to them, ask for referrals. 
or ask for their stories. Ask certain things about, you know, what it's been like to use your product or service, right? Maybe you leverage it in social media. Maybe you do Facebook ads, whatever the case may be. You can keep a customer longer if they've actually heard from you, right? Number four, eliminate your worst clients. This sounds crazy because most people think with a scarcity mentality when, you know, you have something like a recession coming. But I will tell you, this is one of the best time to eliminate the worst clients so that that way you end up building, um, you, 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 you free up margin and space, whether it be your customer service, whether it be whatever the case may be, and you save yourself a lot of headache on the back end, right? Of people demanding more, uh, you know, but not really being your ideal client, right? Don't hang on to the clients that you first started with just because they were your first clients. If they're not your ideal client and they don't really serve the purpose uh, they're not the type of ideal client that serves the purpose of where you're ultimately trying to go. It is okay. But if they're definitely becoming a drag more than they are of a value as a customer, eliminate your work, your worst clients. Who is your avatar, right? Number five, improve your current customer experience. Look at the entire journey of your customer experience and start to pick it apart. Work with your teams. If you have a team, sit down, get a coach or get somebody into your business and pay them what they're worth and say, hey, help me build out, you know, improve my customer journey, right? You'd be surprised that that could be the difference between keeping customers, losing them, or people saying great things about you or, you know, saying a bunch of bad things about you online, right? And lastly, number six, ask current customers for referrals. If you get a referral, especially if it's your ideal client, your cost for her acquisition has literally just gone down. It's just really cool. Again, I got this. This one, that particular one I got from Alex Ramosi listening to a conversation that he had uh, on, on, a, uh, on a podcast. So it's pretty cool. So listen, these are the six things. I hope that this actually helps you. Um, and in order to be able to grow your side business during a recession. So what I want to say is thank you so much for uh, watching. Hey, listen, if you're on here and you're listening and you love this, you can subscribe or leave a review like reviews are honestly one of the best ways that you can do uh and honestly it takes like 30 seconds and it's free it doesn't cost you anything right leave a review of the show whether you're listening on apple stitcher TuneIn, google play spotify you name it wherever you get your ear hustle alone you could find the grow your side business podcast thank you so much for watching thank you so much for your time and i look forward to seeing you in the next episode now go take some massive action so what if you could find a community of corporate professionals who also have side businesses and we're all just trying to learn from each other and learn how to grow. Well, that's why I'm here. You should join the Grow Your Side Business Challenge. That's right, I want you right now. Go to it right now, growyoursidebusiness.com and guess what? You can opt into my five-day challenge. One hour per day, you and I are gonna get together with a ton of other community people who guess what? We're all trying to grow our side businesses and we wanna know how to do it the right way the first time. Well, guess what? I'm going to teach you some things that you didn't even know that you should be doing to leverage your corporate day job while also at the same time learning how to build that side business. And you're going to find out that actually if you do your side business the right way, it will impact the way you show up at work. And I'm going to show you some things that you didn't even know was possible. So for five days, for one hour a day, you and I get together. Now, I got two ways you can experience that. You could jump in to the general admission. Well, guess what? You just get access to the live training right then and there each and every day for one hour a day. Or you could jump into the VIP experience. My VIP people get a chance to actually talk with me, actually ask questions every single day if you would like to. 
before the actual training. So guess what? You want to jump into the VIP experience because that is where you'll be able to get your questions answered and including the actual training live. So go to growyoursidebusiness.com, jump into the challenge, and I look forward to seeing you there. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.